There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Absolutely brilliant to be back with you again for uh, yet another week of the show. And um, today we've got an amazing guest. We've got Mitch Russo, and we're going to be talking about the Invisible Organization. Um, before we do that, I want to say a big thank you to Bruce Craven. For those of you who listen to the show, and thank you for your comments. Um, Bruce, uh, talk to me about uh, leadership um, but also, he'd written a, an amazing book, uh, Win or Die, the leadership kind of lessons and secrets from the Game of Thrones. So we were talking last week about Game of Thrones, and you know there were so many different parallels there to leadership today, in leading in a crisis and resilience and uh, coaching and uh, co communicating, emotional intelligence. So if you're interested in, uh, in leadership, whether you're interested in the Game of Thrones or not, or you're interested in the Game of Thrones, do go into the archive and, and check that one out. So what a, we know it's a strange scenario around the world at the moment. And uh, we hope that uh, with the Business Elevation Show, it gives you ideas and thoughts to elevate your thinking. And at the moment, it's a really key time, I think, about to think about yourself and think about your kind of uh, your your leadership and uh, the way that you are operating and behaving, and uh, maybe how you want to adjust things based upon new market conditions. Um, but there's no doubt that uh, across the world, um, there's a lot of change going on. And uh, and on the show, you know, we aim to really help you to elevate your thinking, develop your people, develop yourself. And uh, also with a build highly engaged organizations, but also um, underpinning this show is about doing business for good. And uh, there's more, more than any time, you know, maybe in my life, there's a need for, for people to step up and do good and behave differently and utilize less resources in the way that they, they do business. And, uh, you know, you, that's one um, area in terms of utilizing less resources that. Uh, Mitch Russo and uh, one of his um, his books, which was very successful, The Invisible Organization, is helpful, I think. Now, during this pandemic, companies and their employees have been, been forced to work from home, and we're in really unusual times. Um, but my guest was recommending, uh, when he wrote this book several years ago, uh, that um, there was a real opportunity then to get rid of a ton of infrastructure and really help your overheads and increase your staff productivity by having them work from home. You know, there's an art and a science uh, to turning a corner, and it can be done, and you can do it. And Mitch Russo is a highly successful business owner and leader. He's um, uh, led um, some amazing companies, and he built up uh, an organization called Time Slips Core, which he sold to Sage. Great figures. Uh, he went on to, um, to lead as chief operating officer a division with 300 people, um, and uh, he's also um, worked with, um, alongside Chet Holmes and Tony Robbins with their business, an international company serving literally thousands of businesses a year with coaching, consultancy, and training. 
Um, he uh, published in 2015 uh, the, and wrote The Invisible Organization, and in 2018 um, published Power Tribes, How Certification Can Explode Your Business. So let's talk today about, uh, about really the, uh, this, this virtual organization, invisible organization, and um, also you know, what, um, what Mitch's take is on the current situation and what we should be doing about it with this current world scenario. So a huge welcome to the show to Mitch Russo. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for welcoming me to the show. I'm excited to be talking to you. This is my favorite topic of all. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, it's an abs- absolute, absolute pleasure. And I um, want to start, Mitch, by just finding out a little bit about you, know, about you and you know, what's going on for you right now during this lockdown and this you know, strange period of time. We've got Black Matters in the States at the moment, which is, um, and, and around the world, we're, we're kind of, experiencing that here too and there's a lot of change what's going on for you well uh it's interesting um you know when this whole thing hit uh i had several clients that were building a business from a stage or from doing live presentations with teams and all of that had to shut down immediately and so we got very busy creating uh, or pivoting into a whole different model so what we did is we took everything that they would do online and brought it, everything they do live and brought it online. And uh, including one particular client, we, we went right into building the certification system that I've written about in Power Tribes. So um, my business actually picked up quite substantially um, ab- about a month after coronavirus hit here in the U.S. Personally, it you know, at first I was you know, like everybody else, I'm scared. I don't know what's going on. I worry for my family. Um, But nowadays, it seems like at least here in Florida, people treat it very casually. I walk around, nobody has masks on. I'm the only one with a mask. And uh, uh, it's just like a little surreal still because you can't really uh, enjoy a meal at a restaurant. You can go and sit outside if there's outdoor seating. Uh, But it's still... A little weird, and I, I think, unfortunately, the economy has been dealt a fatal blow. Uh, I don't know how we'll ever recover from this, uh, but I, I, I'm optimistic. I hope over time we do. So it's been a mixed bag. Um, you know, it's, there were times of high stress and, and loneliness for me as well, uh, and at the same time uh, of great success. So it's, it's truly a mixed bag, and I'm looking forward to this being over. Yeah, yeah. So have you been locked down on your own uh, during this period? Uh, More or less, yeah. I mean, um, um, my girlfriend and I have had some time together, but, um, you know, she has pets at her place, and so she had to stay there most of the time. Uh, so, and we're not allowed pets where I am. So it's, it was, it's been, it's been very tough. It's been tough. Yeah, I can imagine so. Did did you think this, uh, you know, this situation that's happened in the, in the long term is obviously it's devastating for businesses. It's been devastating on a human level. I, I know of several people who've lost their lives during this period personally, uh, who I was, uh, had, uh, you know, had a relationship, friendship with. And uh, do you think that it's, it, it could ultimately end up being a better thing in terms of kind of, you know, kindness and, and uh, people connecting in a better way and maybe being more, you know, concerned about the environment and those sorts of things. And I do there'll be benefits. Yep. I, I do. I, I think it could potentially, it, I mean, it has the potential 
to be a turning point in humanity if we use it that way. And there are signs that we are using it that way. Uh, and I love seeing that. There are signs with, with Black Lives Matters that, that helps us really understand what others go through. Uh, most of us white people, you know, who I don't regard as being prejudiced, uh, never really realized what it's like for a black-skinned person in this country or in, in this world, really. And it's this whole movement has heightened our awareness of not only what that feels like, but what they're, the way they're treated by many people in society. So I, I think the potential for huge positive shifts is incredible. And I, I'm on board with that, absolutely. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And if anyone's uh, is listening, um, I, I read a book just before this happened called uh, The uh, Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass. I don't know if you've ever read that one, An American Slave. And it is uh, an astonishing read and a very inspiring uh, mm -hmm. man um, who who escaped from, from slavery and, des and describes it and had a big impact you know, around about the time of Abraham Lincoln uh, in, uh, in helping uh, to... Uh, you know shift that perspective and it's got to shift even further mm. so, so tell us a bit about your background you know we time slip sounds a fascinating company you've been involved with sage you've uh, came to work with tony robbins and uh, and also um chet's homes um you know tell us a little bit about that and how you help people now sure so uh, bottom line is that i i was working at a job uh when i got out of school and i loved my job um, but I really wanted to start a company. It was my goal and dream to have my own company. And uh, I was waiting for the opportunity. Uh, and I didn't know how I would spot it when it came, but it came in the form of a very steep, uh, very quick downturn in the marketplace that I was working in, the semiconductor market. And so the semiconductor market pretty much crashed overnight um, and my commissions went really low <laughs> all of a sudden. And I said, you know what? That's it. That was the opportunity I was hoping to find. And so um, a partner and I, a friend and I started to build a product. And that product evolved. It went through several pivots before we were able to sell it. Uh, uh, and, and we opened up our doors and started marketing our little software product. And we did fine. We made five or six sales a week at $99 a sale. Uh, we didn't need to pay anybody. So we had no overhead. So at five or six sales a week, we were making a profit, believe it or not. And, uh, um, and then of course, uh, things picked up and through a series of incredible circumstances, uh, we went from selling five or six a week to 600 a week. Um, because our product was reviewed in a very popular magazine. And uh, we quickly had to scale up. Uh, luckily, we were able to do that. And, um, uh, and then the company um, actually grew quite nicely for a while until we realized that we had to do something very, very different in order to support our customers. And that was the beginning of creating the Time Slips Certified Consultant Program. And I had no idea what I was doing. All I knew is that I wanted to enroll some of my best clients to help some of my other clients who were not doing as well with the software. And that has evolved over all of these decades into helping me build a, a very powerful system of, 
of certification now, which I deploy for my clients. So when I work with comp- companies now, we build a complete certification program in about 90 days. And when we, we deploy it, uh, we do two important things that are different than what most people perceive as certification. Number one, we build multiple streams of recurring revenue, which is very important. And number two, we create a set of values which are supported by our code of ethics. And this in turn creates and installs a culture into this group. So I've learned a lot about culture. Uh, We have built cultures and successfully uh, deployed them inside of organizations. And and now that's probably the thing that uh, I would say I do the best of everything else when it comes to business. Wow. It's, it's so important, isn't it? Yes. In the culture, right. Uh, now, I'm, I'm intrigued that you, you went on and you, uh, you, you worked um, for Sage and then you went on and worked with, uh, with Chet Holmes and, and Tony Robbins. And I'm just thinking about your, your story there, how you quite quickly went from selling five a week to 600. And one of my favorite quotes um, is one by Tony Robbins, which is that people significantly um, overestimate what they can achieve in a year and considerably overestimate what they can achieve in, uh, in underestimate, it's got wrong way. So overestimate what they achieve in a year, underestimate what they can achieve in 10. And yes. I, I found that quite powerful, but it sounds like you achieved quite quickly. Does, does that, right. yeah, does that, does that hold ground for you or did, did you? Very much so. It, it truly resonates with me in a very big way. Um, and, and again, you know, I could say that we got lucky, but I had, uh, six months earlier, spent 10 days walking the floors of a major trade show called Comdex, um, living in a $5 hotel room uh, five miles away and, um, uh, and had to figure out how to get to the show floor every day, which I didn't, you know, I really didn't have enough money to, to stay closer. So um, I would start at eight in the morning and get there by maybe 9.30 and then I would walk for 12 hours meeting people and handing out my software and pitching them on, on writing about us or including us in their, in their catalogs. Uh, and without realizing it, I probably spoke with somebody uh, at the InfoWorld booth and um, I gave them a copy of the software and I had no idea that six months later uh, that software had been handed to one of their top writers and that writer was writing a review. Now, the good news and the bad news was is that if this organization wrote a review about you and it was mediocre, you could shut your company down at that point. You were over. You were done. But in this case, he loved our software, gave us an unbelievable review, and that's what caused the, the uptick in a very, very direct way. Now, we had been preparing for this all along. We had been speaking to distribution. We'd been talking to retail chains. We just couldn't get any traction with them. But once this review came out, boom, it all happened. Wow. So you put an enormous amount of work in and then you hit the tipping point with this, uh, with this root review that sort of took you through the stratosphere. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Amazing. What did you learn from working with Tony? So much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was imagine if you could having, you know, the amazing Tony Robbins and Chet Holmes uh, as both friends and coaches for five years. Now, Chet and I had been friends for decades before that. Um, but Tony and I never met before. I had studied Tony's work for years. 
And during that very first phone call, when I was introduced to Tony, um, we, we actually agreed that the three of us needed to start a company together. And um, we got together every Thursday night uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Sometimes we went through 1 a.m. in the morning talking all about how we could build this company together. And it, we did this for months until finally we agreed on terms which were favorable to all three of us. And we said, okay, let's do it. And we had six weeks to put 500 people into an auditorium <laughs> in order to, <laughs> to launch this company. And it was, it was sensational. We, we figured out a way to, did it, to do it and we did it. And um, the rest is history. We, we, we recorded 55 hours of content. We took that content and created the ultimate business mastery system, and that became the basis uh, that took us from zero to almost thirty million in in five years. Amazing! How exciting! Now we've we've only got a, about a minute till commercial break now, so we're going to talk about the invisible organization uh, just a, you know, after the break, and we're going to mm -hmm. find out. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm int intrigued. You read this book, and uh, it, it appears that uh, the issue has been kind of forced along at high speed. Um, the, or the opportunity. Um, so let's let's have a chat about this after the break because it's so so salient for people who are maybe thinking, you know, do I leave people working from home? Um, they're weighing up the pros and the cons and the and the and the the, the challenges. Um, I've got talking to a client only this week who um, is bringing some of them back into the office and was asking my opinion and thoughts on it. So really salient topic. We'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one -one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. 
this is this is Chris Cooper. I'm uh, with Mitch Russo. We're talking about uh, well, we've had a wonderful conversation about uh, Mitch's incredible background. We were chatting about him working with uh, with Tony Robbins, for example, and Chet Holmes before the break. And let's talk about the Invisible Organization now, and um, uh, and this is a very salient topic. Uh, it feels like COVID has now forced the issue of people um, sending their staff out. Um, I guess there's all sorts of questions here around um, as well and reflections on you know, how organizations with no, um, no kind of overheads, like when you think about hotels and, uh, and um, you know, how that market has been uh, shaken, shaken up uh, by people um, utilizing their own homes for people to stay and have holidays and those sorts of things. Um, there's something, um, you know, important about this. And I just wonder what your perspective on this is. Mitch, um, you know, with COVID happened, and if you were to write this book, would you write it, written it any differently now? That's a great question, Chris. Um, that book was written, you know, actually written in 2013, 2014, and released in 2015. Um, so truthfully, so much has changed on the technology side. But here's the interesting thing. What has not changed are the issues in leading an invisible organization or a virtual company. Uh, my belief is that the mindset of the CEO is the most important element of how to run a virtual company. And if I were to rewrite the book today, the only thing that would change are the elements of technology, which I named in the book, which are now obsolete or uh, no longer or as, as leading edge as they were. There are better technology components out there today than there were, in, obviously, in that year. But, but the thing about most people, and, and particularly with, with shutdown and the way it was conducted, uh, most people were sent home, uh, you know, as... Um, uh, as, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the virus evolved, people were just said, okay, look, you should work from home. And I, I'll just reflect on my daughter's experience. She works for a large company, and they told her to just go home and work from home. Well, they didn't give her a laptop. She had, you know, a uh, three- or four-year-old MacBook, which works fine. And uh, they didn't give her any allowance for, uh, you know, any equipment or a second screen or even for internet they just said, go home and work from home. Well, this is a huge mistake. And here, here's why. First of all, um, people's personal computers have no business on a corporate, on a corporate land or a corporate network, unless, of course, they're protected with a VPN. And uh, they're running two or three significant pieces of, of uh, malware prevention and virus control software. Uh, and frankly, um, none of this is done. And I think the big mistake with COVID is that um, people were sent home to work on their home computers, and now uh, hackers are having a day because so many viruses have been downloaded and not activated, and now they're being activated. Uh, and so, unfortunately, uh, none of this was paid attention to. The other thing is, is that management made some assumptions that I, I felt were inappropriate. They figured that um, people, because they were working from home, would work longer hours just because they are not commuting. Well, that's not their time to dictate. That's the person who's at home's time. And if they choose to work longer hours, that's fine. But in many cases, at least from my observations, people are not being given a choice. 
I see um, meetings being held at 7 p.m. and and on Saturdays, and I don't think that that's right. So, uh, all again, it comes down to mindset. It comes down to culture and mindset. I think it's also. I, I mean, I, if you've got children at home with you too, that's you know, that has a big impact on the dynamic. It's very, and you've got you've got broad people sharing broadbands too. Um, yep. which may or may not have the the uh, amount of capacity. Um, so we we've had that challenge with um, you know with just wanting to be doing different things at different different times and uh, and the kids going through their stresses as well. There's, there's and then you've got you know maybe people getting ill. You, 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 you the world is is quite different right now with being locked down and and our freedom is is capped. There's all sorts of emotions going on too, isn't there? Which make it hard to to maybe be as focused and as and as emotionally um, you know level as we may normally be. Uh, well, I, I couldn't agree more. And this, again, um, I don't believe companies are taking any of this into account. Uh, I don't believe leaders are at all thinking about their staff. They're thinking about the survival of their company. And there's some logic there, of course. But the emotional impact um, will, for some, is the equivalent of, of uh, PTSD. And it's, it's very severe. Yeah. I, I I completely agree. There's going to be a lot of a lot of fallout from this for a, a lot of people, and uh, I think in some ways, I mean, like the likes of you and I, we've we've been, I guess, fortunate in the respect that we've we've been used to maybe working from home, and we've got we've got the setup as well to to do that, and we we've you know we've uh, managed some of these things through. But when you've got all that thrown onto you, it's uh, going to be going to be tough, isn't it? Yes. So what would you say right now? I mean, I, I found it interesting with, with um, some of my clients who were saying before, when, you know, before this was going to happen, you, you know, I've got maybe I'm going to send some people, some people home, some will stay in the office. And I said, well, what happens if it's a total lockdown? Oh, that's not going to happen, is it? Well, we can't, we can't trust everybody to work from home. We don't have the IT capability. But actually, um, very quickly, they had to manage and they've, they've gone and done that. But now people are considering whether to move people you know, their staff back into the office. Um, what, what sort of things do you think they should be considering right now? Well, well, first of all, um, there are companies who have announced that they are no longer going to require people to work from the office. Yeah. And the reason is, is because this whole at-home experiment has worked in some respects better than they ever thought. Um, what is not happening is again, no consideration for the folks out there who are actually working from home. Uh, in my, again, I'll, I'll refer to my daughter and the people at her company. I mean, she lives in a very small place and, and she really needs a separate room to work from home. And uh, the company has no interest in, in supplementing that yet. They are telling her that, you know, she needs to stay working from home. Uh, the, the elements of let's, let's, uh, discuss this from the standpoint of the company itself. This is immensely profitable for most companies who are sending people to work from home. If they get to turn off the lights, if they get to turn off the heat, the air conditioning, if they get to turn off the services at that facility, they're saving money. Um, if years go by and people are still working from home, they don't even need that real estate. And this was one of the big advantages of why people wanted to back in 2015 transition from a physical space to a virtual space. Uh, and, and that again, 
is key to profitability for many companies. Uh, we've seen companies in the weirdest types of <laughs> professions uh, moving partially or fully to home workers. And, uh, you know, as I said, nowadays it's kind of common. So a book like mine did not, does not have the impact it did back in 2015. However, what I find is that leadership is a whole different challenge. Leaders who are not used to leading a team working from home don't understand that it's so important to over-communicate. And when I use the word over-communicate, it's because most leaders are not used to communicating as much as they need to with those on the front line. The people on the front line, the people who are working from home, need to be reminded of how much they are appreciated and what a great job they're doing and what the true values of the company are. I think people lose sight of that. I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And it is also if you if you're out of sight and you're out of mind, uh, that's not going to be great, is it? You've, you've got to feel part of something. I would say what I found quite interesting with some of my clients is, is those that have gone and are working from home. When I've chatted with them, I've noticed that the the ones who love being around people are missing the office environment, and those who uh, work you know, kind of on the introverted spectrum. And I'm, I'm, I come from a background of having done about 900, I think, psychometric profiles with different clients over the last, uh, the last uh, so, many, so many years. So I kind of understand uh, these individuals quite well. And the introverted ones are absolutely loving it on the whole, um, absolutely loving it. Um, and I'm kind of, uh, you know, what are your perspectives on this in terms of meeting the needs of different personality styles when it comes to working from home versus working in an office? Well, I have not. I have not heard the same thing. Uh, those introverted types liked it at first. Um, okay. But but what I'm now seeing after almost three months of this uh, is that I mean, you know, again with my clients and some of the teams that my CEOs are managing, uh, some of these people are are stressing deeply because of this, yeah. uh, even though they're introverted. Uh, you know, introversion doesn't necessarily mean isolation. And I, I think that's the difference. Yeah. You can't isolate people, uh, particularly people who have grown up in a tribal uh, society as we have, uh, and expect everything to be okay, expect their state of mind to remain both uh, stable and happy when without the right um, support. And, and I think that support is missing right now. Yeah. I would love to see... Uh, leaders recognize that and put that kind of support in place for the people who work with them. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, because I've not, I've not, maybe not thought about that deeply enough. Because you, you're, you're right. If you know, those people who maybe don't, you know, talk, talk to others quite as much uh, naturally, will, will internalize, and, um, and that could be if you too much internalization at the moment, could be quite dangerous, couldn't it, for your, for your mental health potentially. Yes. Yes. And, and again, you know, there are those who have adapted well. And like you said, Chris, you and I are used to it, but there are many who are not. And there are people who were sent home and, as you said, have little kids in the house. It, it's not comfortable for a lot of people. There are a lot of people dying to get back to the office because they just, they just can't stand being home and locked up uh, 24-7 for months at a time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. 
Yeah, and you, you, you're, I find myself when I'm the days I am working from home, I'm, you know, I've got a quiet place to work, and if I need to go and get some lunch, I get some lunch for myself, occasionally for my wife if she's at home. But now I'm I'm going cooking for four, and uh, yep. then I'm dealing dealing with a dispute between a ten year old and a fourteen year old over something that seems, you know, it seems fairly trivial to me, um, but it's very important to them, and uh, it is, you, you, you know. I've had quite a bit of that this week, um, Mitch, and you know I had one or two little challenges with, with um, organising uh, this week, and uh, that's been impacted that by that. And uh, it, it, yeah, you've got to be um, be mindful of all those things that are going on for people, people right now. Any any suggestions for people who, you know, who are working from home around, you know, boosting their personal productivity? Um, well. I mean, again, if we're talking directly to those who are working at home, um, you know, take breaks, you know, try to take as many breaks as you can, try and get outside, get space if you can. I mean, I'm lucky enough to live by the ocean, so I could just walk out to my deck and get space. But if you live in the city, you know, and you can, take a walk, you know, go out. If there's a park nearby, go sit in the park, leave your phone, you know, in your pocket if you can, and just try to disconnect best as possible. For those who have a meditation practice, you already know that without it, it's, uh, it's much harder. So meditation has helped me a lot and uh, has helped many of my clients really de-stress during these very tough times. Um, I, I, found it, I found it an invaluable tool. I've really you know, become very committed to my meditation since this has happened for my yes. And, and knowing that I, I really need that right now, and it, it, it is immensely invaluable. Um, I've had a couple of people that I've interviewed in the last week who've referred to um, the an acronym um, SHED. Um, so uh, SHED being, I'm trying to think now, the um, SHED is about um, the, what was S now? Let me just think. Um, S will be uh, sleep. And then uh, H is kind of getting your head right. So um, meditation is a key thing. And then E is exercise and D is diet. Yes. Um, and I think that that's really helpful to think about shed, isn't it, at this point? Because you could easily you know, get less exercise and put weight on. And um, if you don't meditate, it, it, I think that really helps with the, with the sort of stress situation, helps in terms of being able to sleep um, or not. So, uh, yeah, helpful little tool, I think. Absolutely. And routine. You know, it's so important to have a routine that you could stick to <clears throat> that that brings you, centers you and brings you back to a place where you're where you feel comfortable. You know, the other part of this is productivity. You know, there's there's used to be before all of the amazing virtual tools that we have today, um, managers needed to walk around to see if people were working. Well, nowadays we can log into a console and literally see what what is on the screens of our staff. So productivity <clears throat> is an important element, and um, but unfortunately, there's that feeling of big brother that your feeling of being watched, which is real because you are being watched. Um, but but again, um, it's it's also important to understand that you're not being watched from the standpoint of if you don't do a good job, we'll fire you where there be people are being watched to make sure that the corporate uh, work is being done. And that's the most important thing, but it feels stressful 
to know that the systems you're using have back doors that can be monitored by management. Yeah, yeah, very, very true. I think one thing I've ex- experienced as well, having been with uh, several clients, or a number of clients on Zoom, on Zoom in particular, and sometimes Teams and sometimes Skype over the last few weeks, is that some of the leaders also, you know, gain an, an impression around their employees by, you know, the, the, you know, the timeliness in terms of being able to turn on onto a Zoom call, you know, the way they, they look and the way that they sit. Mm-hmm. I've, I've met more children, which has been lovely, and more puppies, I think, since uh, <laughs> the last couple of months, which is great. But actually, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm hearing people talking, actually, so-and-so, look, look, look at the state of him, and, he's, and his shoulders are right down, and he's, and he's not, not really contributing. He doesn't seem to be, you know, th- there's a lot of judgments being made at the moment. So I think with, with people, maybe just making sure you turn up on time, you're familiar with the, with the uh, technology that you're going to use uh, and um, you know, we, we, we can be a bit more relaxed. I think it's, that's quite ni- a nice thing with zoom, but also being mindful of creating the right environment around you, not having people interrupt. And I think it's all important. It creates an impression about you and, and gives a confidence or not. I'm sensing. That's right. And I think getting dressed by the way is super important. Not many people are taking the effort to get dressed as they would if they were going into the office. And if you're going to be on a lot of Zoom calls, I highly recommend that you get dressed nice. It will make you feel better. It will make you show up better. And it will overall improve the meeting and, and make it more professional. I completely agree. And a, this, this situation at the moment is quite interesting. And I've got, I've got uh, you know, a couple of Zoom shirts uh, that I, I I use for and for, for webinars that I do, and I literally go and I'll put them on for an hour and a quarter. And actually, because I've only worn them for an hour and a quarter, I can wear them again next time. You know, you can, that's right. You can get a lot more life out of them. That's true. Go put your t-shirt and shorts on in between if you want to. Yeah. Um, well, great. We're, we're going to commercial um, break again, and um, after the commercial break, I'd like to chat a bit more about the invisible organisation. I know you've got loads of tips around um, around marketing as well. I noticed in your in your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm interested to chat about. I'd love to chat about your certifications, your podcasting and work too, and, and find out a little bit about Powerterize if we've got the, well, the chance. So we'll be back again in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break. And any questions or comments, feel free to send them to me at chris at chriscuba.co.uk. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Mitch Russo. We're talking about the invisible organization. We're talking about this current situation with regards to the, the, the lockdown and uh, working from home and all those sorts of things, and also the impact that uh, you have to appreciate that things go on at home. I, I've had a, a week this week, and which I kind of share, where I've got a, an elder son who's kind of struggling a bit with lockdown, struggling from you know being around with his friends, and he's uh, now turned completely into an owl. He's uh, he's awake until up until three o'clock in the morning, and he sometimes wants to wants to have a chat about things as well at that time, and uh, it's it's kind of knocked me for six a bit this week, and. Uh, it, it, there must be a lot of people who are kind of feeling that right now, which uh, which we've just got to be a bit mindful of. So, so um, tell me um, a little bit. You know, what what haven't I asked you about the invisible organisation that you think is important? Well, you know, when uh, when I wrote the book, um, people were transitioning to becoming a virtual company, and um, they, in order to make that transition, they had to put technology in place in order to do that. Uh, you know, in the book, I mentioned that if you called JetBlue or Southwest Airlines or many of the airlines, uh, and if you called them to make a reservation or change a reservation, uh, you may not have realized that the person you're talking to is working from home. So if you think about 20 years ago, there were these huge buildings filled with people in cubicles answering the phones, trying to deal with everybody who would like to fly. Well, if an airline decided to merge or sell, then, you know, clearly uh, you had a lot of folks that you had to manage as well through that transition. In some cases, even move them. Uh, but nowadays, um, the world does work from home, particularly when it comes to customer service, tech support, uh, and those types of, of potential jobs. Uh, even programming now, most of the technical staff, unless they're literally focused on internal servers and physical equipment are working from home. But here's the thing. Uh, once you become virtual, once you have a operating environment that is based on being virtual, there are actually some superpowers that you have that you wouldn't have if you weren't. And I'll, I'll name a few of them. The first one is hiring. And, and what I mean by the word hiring is before, and again, I'll, I, I could easily reference my daughter's situation, before, um, if you wanted to hire somebody, you were probably looking for the best possible person you could within a 30-mile radius to your office. Well, that's fine, but how would you, wouldn't you rather look for the best possible person you could anywhere in the world? Because that's what you get when you can hire virtually. Fantastic. Does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's really, really, 
really helpful, isn't it? I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that in hindsight's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And we, we don't have the hinds, that hindsight. But I'm suddenly noticing in those, you know, those, those companies who've always had this homeworking, you know, you're getting quite, you know, still quite a slick service. But those companies who have had to make this transition and a lot of people, you know, their technology is not up to it. Um, I was, uh, I spent, I must have spent an hour yesterday just trying to get hold of somebody to, to order a, an extra set of contact lenses. And I went from <laughs> pillar to post to number to number. Um, it, it was just a complete, um, complete mess. And, and then I've, I've also had calls with uh, technical companies around IT and sort of phone lines and things like that and found uh, myself being passed from one person to another after a long conversation. And they've lost me midway and you have to start the process again. Um, if we'd done, if we'd started doing this, you know, when you wrote your book, uh, then you'd be in that situation with lower overheads. Things will be slicker. As you say, you've got the superpower of hiring. Uh, it's it's maybe time for a change for a lot of people now, isn't it? Not yes, back. absolutely. And and there's other superpowers too. I mean, uh, scaling uh, in in the case of adding a large marketing campaign rapidly. And scaling, well, nowadays, uh, you could do that very rapidly. Most of our systems are handling, um, automatically handling selling and closing sales. But back then, and what we still do today is we bring a radio and television uh, advertising in place, and then we have those people respond using an 800 number, a phone call. Mm-hmm. Well, you could scale a, a call center in a matter of a few weeks to hundreds and hundreds of people by being virtual. Imagine if you had to do that in a physical location, that would be almost impossible. So yeah. there's, there's all these things that you can do once you are virtual, as long as you pay attention to how you manage those folks and the security behind doing it. So security, key element, management, key element, mindset of the CEO, very important. Awesome. Re- really, really uh, helpful. And uh, thank you for that. That's uh, there's some thoughts already going through my mind as to how I can help my clients a little bit more with, with some of this. So tell me a bit about your, your I'm intrigued by your certifications and also your podcasting, because that's uh, two areas for your, for your focus these days. Yes, uh, very focused. It's certification, uh, again, it's sort of interesting when we built, as I mentioned earlier in the show, when we built the TimeSlip Certified Consultant Program, we caught the attention of the CEO of Intuit. Uh, Intuit's a big accounting company here in the U.S. Yes. And uh, the CEO and I became friends. His name is Scott Cook. And um, he asked me uh, if I would help him uh, or share with him what I know about certification. And I said I would. And I did. In fact, I shared with him our entire playbook and helped him uh, best that I could in implementing his own certification program which became the Intuit Certified Advisor Program. Um, that program catapulted his company from $6 million to $300 million in a few short years. And that's what certification does. What it does is it literally puts you on the map in a very short period of time. And while we were talking before about having a virtual presence, having a certification program with hundreds and hundreds of people all around the country or in multiple countries put you on the map physically in all of those locations as well. Mm, yeah. Well, I tell, I tell you what, if it's, um, if it's uh, okay with you, I'd love to invite you back later in the year if you'd be up for 
talking about that. Oh, sure. It's a really, really <clears throat> helpful, really helpful subject, and uh, certainly one I'd personally be very interested to learn a little bit more about too. So um, we can chat about that after the after the show. And also, your your podcasting. So tell us about mm-hmm. podcasting and where that fits into into your world these days. Sure. So it, it actually plays quite nicely into what I just mentioned about certification. So one of the things about <clears throat> certification is that I like to start working with a company that has had at least 500 to 1,000 clients so that when we launch it, there's a huge return on investment um, because, you know, obviously there's, uh, there's overhead to create certification. So what I like to do is launch a very successful program, have hundreds of thousands of dollars pour in the door, make the CEO and company very happy, and then repeat that every quarter. Well, when I was trying to think about a podcast – I was trying to line up my show with my ideal client. And, and I, I had this moment in time when I realized that, you know, my ideal client really is the CEO of a growing company who would potentially want to build a certification program. So I named my show Your First Thousand Clients, where we interview CEOs who've done that, who've gotten to the point of having a thousand clients, and we unpack their wisdom and share their you know, their journey with listeners who love it. But at the same time, I get to have an intimate one-on-one conversation uh, with the CEO of a 50 or $100 million company that I probably would never have been able to have had any other way. Very smart, yeah. Very smart, yeah. So that's given me the opportunity to build these connections. And, and many, in many cases, the people I've interviewed have become friends and clients. So my client list has been driven by my podcast guest list. And that's really where so much of what I've done has sort of come together to be one thing, which is an ideal situation. It's taken me a while to get to this point, but now the podcast feeds the business, the business feeds the podcast and product development as well. So I'm also still a software developer and we're now in the process of building a new tool just for coaches, because again, as a coach, I've evaluated much of what's on the market and discovered some very interesting uh, uh, shortfalls, which I'm addressing now with our own software. Fantastic. And then uh, Power Tribes, that sounds quite linked in with, uh, with, with what you've talked about, 500 to 1,000 clients and building that through certification. Is, is Power Tribes linked in with your, um, and complementary to what you're doing with uh, your clients around certification. Yes. The book called Power Tribes is the blueprint on how to build certification. And the reason it's called Power Tribes is because of all of the work that we do around culture. You see, what we want is we want to build a team of people who are dedicated, who are passionate, who love us, love our companies, love what we do, and love their mission. And that's not just a certification program. That's a power tribe. And that's what we build. Yeah. You're building, and, and a, you talked about culture earlier. That's, you're developing culture within that, aren't you? Culture is the most important piece. And it's also the downfall of many companies. So as they used to say, I forgot who this quote is by, uh, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. breakfast yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Yes, and, and it's it, it's fascinating how even even today some people still don't fully get it, do they? 
No, because culture is a bit sticky. You know, it's not, there's no uh, exact blueprint for it. Uh, some people think that it requires a personality type to really run a culture, but it really doesn't. I've created a system to build a culture and a process that allows a CEO to comfortably step into that role of, of leading that culture. In fact, I have a new podcast coming out called The Tribe Builders, where mm-hmm. we interview people who've built communities which are adjacent to corporate cultures. And the tips and techniques and the ideas and the strategies these folks have are brilliant. And I love what they're doing. That's why I started a whole new show around these, these tribe builders. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to, uh, to talking to you about this uh, a little bit more. And uh, it's going to be great to get you to come back again and share tribe builders and certifications with us at a, a later date. But it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today, Mitch. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Chris. Uh, and uh, on next week's show, we've got um, Survive and Thrive with uh, Kate Fletcher. Kate's um, got an amazing experience. She's a, she was a very successful um, volleyball player uh, when she was, uh, she was younger, been around the world as well um, with uh, ropes, sort of, um, sailed around the world. Um, but we're going to talk about surviving and thriving in this uh, current kind of environment. Um, before we leave, Mitch, um, do you have a single you know, final message that you'd like to leave us with? Well, what I, I guess the only message I could, that I could leave with listeners is take care of yourselves right now. That's the most important thing. This is a critical time, but this too shall pass. We will get past this and hopefully evolve into a better place uh, with more evolved leaders and a new infrastructure, a new world. I believe in many cases, the forest has to have a burn before the new sprouts can come up. That's what we're dealing with right now. That's what we're in. So sprout. Wonderful. Let's sprout. Thanks so much, Mitch. And uh, yeah, I wish you all a wonderful, wonderful week. Um, I hope uh, this has helped you with some thoughts and ideas, maybe around working from home, working with uh, your clients, or if you're a CEO, uh, thinking about getting your mental picture right, such that you uh, communicate and communicate and communicate and uh, build a, a culture which enables people to thrive at home. And you to also um, take advantage of these super powers when it comes to, to hiring and comes to marketing. Um, be back with you again next week. Uh, look forward to that. And any questions or comments, please send them to me, Chris at chriscooper.co.uk. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.